0: Hello and welcome to the Political Notebook podcast. I'm Billy Robb and excited to have back on the podcast our senior legal correspondent, my (laughs) older brother, John Robb. John, welcome back. Thank
1: Thank you. Good to be back.
0: Uh, John is a criminal defense attorney in Portland, Oregon. He's been on the podcast the last two Christmas seasons to talk about criminal justice reform. On this episode, we're going to talk about a human story that's emerging kind of from the Joe Biden campaign. And that's the question of his stutter, his relationship to the stuttering community, and how this might impact the upcoming uh, election. So I'm going to play a clip uh, from, the, from the latest or the last Democratic uh, debate, because it might have been uh, confusing for some, some listeners who aren't familiar with Joe Biden's story. But let's, let's just play the clip and then we'll break it down. My wife and I have a call list of somewhere between 20 and 100 people that we call at least every week or every month to sell them. I'm here. I give them my private phone number. They keep in touch with me. A little kid who says, I I, 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 I can't I, I can't talk. What, what, what do I do? I have scores of these young women and men who I keep in contact with. So what was Joe Biden trying to do there in that in that answer? And why was that so confusing for Many many people viewing the debate.
1: Um, so Joe Biden um, has been sort of semi-public about his um, um, overcoming 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 a a, a, a stutter, um, and he he sort of has talked about having a, a pretty severe stutter when he was a when he was a child, um, and and often talks about having overcome that and sort of beating it as he uh, became an adult. Um, and so what, what he's talking about, and there's some video clips you can find on, on, on YouTube of this too, is him um, having stutterers reach out to him um, and sort of ask for advice and, and comfort and things like that. Um, he has spoken several times at the um, National Stuttering uh, 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 Association, um and is sort of if in the um in the stuttering community, something that we talk a lot about is sort of celebrities and other people and um um prominent positions who 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 um who also stutter or have stuttered in the past and he's he's listed in, in one of those so that's what he's referring to there
0: and how so how does he how does he tell the story of his stutter because there was I think maybe the reason he, why he didn't give a, a, a total background is because there was an Atlantic story, uh, a, long, a long story that was just written about him and, and, his, and his stuttering and about how he kind of reflects on it but doesn't totally own it mm-hmm. exactly. And, and the author of the piece, to me it seemed like the author of that piece, was, was who is a stutterer himself, was, was sort of wishing Joe Biden would own it more so how, how does Joe Biden yeah. explain his own well, stuttering? So, and,
1: um, I think a little bit of context about sort of what stuttering sure, is sure. Um, would, would be helpful to this. Um, and so I'm get, getting this information with the uh, assistance of the National Stuttering Association's general, general information page. Um, so what stuttering is, is it's a communication disorder. Um, and I'm paraphrasing and reading some of this verbatim from their website. Um, and it involves disruptions or disfluencies in a in a in a person's speech. Um, it's a, a lot of people think of it as sort of an emotional or kind of nervous condition, but most of the research now, um, we're not exactly sure what causes stuttering, but we do think it's a neurophysiological issue. Um, there's a there's a there's a um, 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 genetic condition. Com- component to it mm-hmm. um, it's something that, 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 that can be passed down um, and there's a, a lot of different types of stuttering there's the repetitions um, some people will prolongate something like m- 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 mother um, and there's also blocks um, which is somebody tries to tries to Tries to say something, and there's just a complete absence of sound. There's there's nothing that comes out, um, and there's a lot of sort of side things that get built up around the actual stuttering. So, what the stuttering itself is the disfluency in speech, um, and what it feels like is somebody who 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 um, um, who does stutter is it's sort of like a miscommunication between the brain and the muscles. Like your brain wants to do something, and your muscles just can't make it happen um, and a lot of kind of anxious habits and ticks and things can build up around that like uh, facial tics people will look down um, people will move other parts of their body um, and in a whole host of avoidance techniques and other sort of emotional techniques anxiety about speaking situations anxiety about saying specific words a lot of stutters um, have specific words or sounds um, that they will stutter on. Um, oftentimes, stutters have a lot of problems saying their own names. Um, so what, what the stuttering community talks a lot about is something called the called, called the iceberg um, effect, where the the stuttering that you see and that other people who don't stutter can notice um, can be a very small percentage of the overall experience of somebody that stutters. Uh, I can go through my day-to-day life and somebody might notice me stuttering, um, once or for a lot of stutters may not notice you stuttering at all. Um, but from that person's subjective point of view, it's some this big thing that dominates their entire life and they, they can't get through any sort of social situation. It's like always on the mind with, without <clears throat> having that be at the forefront of the mind, I uh-huh. mean, the, the thing that they're thinking about the most. Um, and so, So that's just sort of a a background for for the conversation about kind of what Joe Biden's stutter is. Um, As far as the proportions of the um, population, they say about 1% of adults stutter. Um, It's more common for um, for, for, for children. I think about four to 5% of children will have some sort of stuttering issue um, most of that gets resolved by the time somebody becomes an an um, adult, um, but there are about one percent of adults stutter. Um, so, I think the the statistic that the um, Atlantic author wrote was about three million people in the United States wow. um, will be an, um, adults who still um, continue to continue to stutter. Um, so that's kind of the background and. What Joe Biden's narrative of that has always been is um, something that's a little bit off kilter in the modern stuttering community. Um, Joe Biden's narrative is that it's something that he's sort of beat, he's licked. He sort of worked really hard at it um, when, when he was a, a child um, and then through college and law school he defeated it and, and now is an adult who does not stutter. Um, and that's sort of been his predominant narrative as as he's positioned himself as a as he's addressed this in public.
0: What? Because uh, it seems like an, an author says he's he's noticed Joe Biden. He can maybe maybe ordinary people don't notice it, but he noticed that Biden gets caught on things when he switches trains of thought or something, or when he gets stuck on something. Is there certain conditions that that make stuttering worse or or better? Like you say that sometimes it's just fine and someone might not even notice at all. And then other times it might be worse. It seems like maybe Joe Biden in this current stage of his career is is getting caught up more than he did a few years ago. What I mean it's there's what
1: what the author talks about in the in the article, and this is true, is there's no there's, there's nothing that says as you get older, your stutter will get worse. Um, what is exceptionally common is that stuttering is, a, is very variable. Um, and sometimes people who stutter hardly ever stutter. Um, there is a, a whole lot of variance within stutters themselves. Some people have a very severe stutter. Some people have a very mild stutter. Um, and I think all virtually, and I, so I'm, I'm a member of the Portland chapter of the National Stuttering Association. Um, and we're a group of people that get together about once a month. Um, and I, I've been, uh, um, active in that for about seven to eight years now. Um, and people will come in and talk about their own experiences. And we have a huge diverse um, group of people where very, very wide a- age group, um, um and, Virtually every single stutter that I've talked to describes a wide variance in the severity of their own stutter throughout their lives. Um, and I have talked to a, a number of folks that have, have come into this meeting um, who are older and have gone through a huge portion of their lives where it was a very minimal part of their, their life. Um, and then all of a sudden it's becoming, it's sort of becoming more prominent. It's sort of coming back. Um, and there's who, who really knows what the reasons for that might be. Maybe their techniques for it um, are starting to become more difficult to maneuver. Um, maybe there's other sort of cognitive things going on. Um, but I, I think what people who know, I mean, what the author's theory is, um, is that Joe Biden does still stutter. Um, I think as he's campaigning for, um, for, the, for the presidency, I mean, he's being put in a lot more sp- public speaking situations um, a lot more frequently, especially nowadays where everybody has a cell phone camera. So even, even campaign events that would not have been recorded in the past or being recorded daily now, um, that, that the stutter is starting to come out and be more noticeable. Um, and what the what the writer is trying to do for the Atlantic is trying to get Joe Biden to address that directly, which Joe Biden doesn't quite do.
0: Uh-huh. Do you? It seems like well, it seems to me that someone so prominent like Joe Biden, that's running for president, owning it and, and talking about it would do a lot of a lot of benefit in terms of people understanding it better because. You know, I think there is a lot of misconceptions about it. I think people, when they encounter someone that stutters, don't really know maybe how to respond, or don't, in that mis, misperception that you talked about, that people think it's a oh they're just nervous, or if they just calm down they'll talk. When in reality, it's a it's a neurological thing. It's like that. It's there. All the information is there. It's just kind of physically not getting out to the to mm-hmm. the tongue at, mm-hmm. at that time. No. So what do you do? You share the author's. Uh, you know, wish that, like, do you, you wish Joe Biden would, would own it? Would that, what would that mean to you or to the, to the stuttering community that you're a part I, of? I think
1: that there's two different things that the author is doing. One is exactly that. I think that um, anybody who stutters um, believes that a, a presidential candidate, um, uh, certainly a leading presidential candidate who's been a sort of leader in Democratic politics for decades. Um, being open about his not only childhood stutter but his current um, current struggles with it his current um, is sort of dealing with it in the present and being identifying as a stutterer now um, would be very uplifting and, and, and helpful to a lot of different people um, I, I know I um, there's a um, um, summer camp called Camp Moore um, that that some of the um, people in, um, um, uh, involved in the stuttering community in Portland, Oregon, where I'm from, put on. And, f- and um, stutters, young stutters between, I don't know, uh, children and 17 um, come to the camp, and something that I've done as a lawyer, um, as a courtroom lawyer um, who speak in public um, virtually every week uh, as part of my job, um, something that that I've been told is very helpful is for me to identify as a stutter uh, for me to stutter in front of them and for me to talk about stuttering in public um, um, public speaking situations as a lawyer um, and just talk about how i've I've not overcome stuttering yeah. um, that I've sort of brought stuttering with me um, into my workplace in a speaking situation um, and been su- uh, successful in re- respected doing that yeah and i I think having the equivalent of that coming from a major presidential candidate i think from the stuttering community would be something that they that they would like very much the second thing that sort of goes part and parcel with that that i think that the that the author would like and certainly that i would like um is that the the modern the current way that the stuttering community um sort of spins that success narrative is different than, than Joe Biden's. Um, and Joe Biden definitely has, I mean, was dealing with it in the 50s, 60s, and um, um, uh, uh, 70s um, as he was becoming a well-known politician and public speaker. Um, dealt with it in the, we're gonna beat this and get beyond it. So that way I had this stutter, past tense, in order to be a successful public speaker or or politician I have to get beyond it and beat it. Um, And what the current stuttering community's stance on it is that um, it is more realistic, I think, that if if you're an adult that stutters, um, there's no cure for it. You're not gonna just wake up one day and not stutter. Um, But it's something that can be, you, you can accommodate, you can bring with you. And the way that I like to think about it is I haven't overcome stuttering I've sort of brought stuttering with me into my day-to-day life, and, and it's not something that that I need to struggle against and sort of right. beat down in order to be successful. I can be successful by make by in in by in incorporating that into my life
0: so so, to talk about that a little bit how you've managed that in your in your profession legal profession you're standing in front of judges you're talking to clients you're meeting clients for the for the first time that oftentimes their their freedom depends on on your competence as as a lawyer and your ability to communicate to -hmm. to judges and to juries and to Mm -hmm. convince juries so what what's been your experience with that how um how how do people respond to it and how do you um as, as you say you know accept it, but still be effective with it?
1: I mean, my experience with it was very much in line with the way that Joe Biden felt about it at the beginning. I mean, I remember during during law school um, feeling that I couldn't be a trial lawyer, which is what I, 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 I am now, um, because I just couldn't do the contemporaneous, spontaneous speaking in public that you would need to. Um, I was always reasonably good at um, sort of rehearsed or planned speeches. Um, and I, I was confident in my ability to kind of have a written out or, or speech that I had re- rehearsed and be able to kind of orate that. Um, but the standing up, objection, um, off the cuff stuff, uh, I was really worried about. So I, I just, I, I am a person that does have a lot of spontaneous fluency, I meaning I have like really good periods where I'm doing pretty well. And I just happened to hit a pretty good period uh, towards the end of law school. I took a uh, trial advocacy class where I wasn't actually representing people. We were just doing mock trials um, in a a classroom setting with other students um, and ended up being very fluent in that, really enjoying it, um, performed really well, got really great feedback, um, started um, um, at the Public Defender Clinic at Maricopa County Um, when I was done with that, took that Sort of kind of rode that fluency into the courtroom, um, and then when I moved to uh, moved to Oregon, um, started volunteering and then started working at the public one of the public defender's offices there, and again was just sort of constantly in court every single day. So kind of just rode that in, um, but was still terrified um, that I would wake up and all of a sudden have one of those bad spells um, and be in a, a situation in which I wasn't effectively representing clients. Um, and I, I and sort of was in constant fear of, of that for a long time during my, um, during my legal career. And, oh, and, and, and so what, I guess to kind of finish the, the, the question on that, what really helped me was getting involved in the stuttering community in mm-hmm. Portland um, and <clears throat> being exposed to this new way of thinking about stuttering. Um, and being exposed to a lot of other adults who stuttered and talking to them about how they dealt with that in their career yeah. and and things along those lines, um, and developed an an attitude over a period of of time of of not trying to hide the stutter, right not trying to hide the fact that I stutter.
0: And you've even share with like juries and and, and, and judges and stuff that mm-hmm. just up front what it is and what.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm very open with it. And the, every single jury trial that I do, I'll, I'll, this will be one of the first things I say during jury, the jury selection process is to, di- dis, um, di- disclose that, um, which is known to be something that can help a stutterer not stutter as much just uh, to have it be this known thing. Cause yeah. a lot of the, a, a lot of the things that almost virtually every single stutterer tries to do, um, when they haven't been exposed to this sort of uh, attitude towards it, is try to hide it from other people because something that they, that they do find shameful. Um, and learning how to kind of live live out basically, right? right. Uh, for me, has, has enormously helped my ability to to speak and be effective for clients, and just to sort of live my day to day life as a public speaker who stutters.
0: Let's let's go back. I want to talk about a little bit more about Biden's sort of. You know, he's, he's a politician. He's running for office in any campaign, you know, especially nowadays to see attacks against people for, for everything. And especially, uh, you know, something so personal and, and, and glaring sometimes has been ridiculed Biden's sort of gaffes and, and disfluency and forgetting things. And, um, you know, and they can be ugly sometimes it, it gets, it gets like made fun of in kind of, a uh, kind of a joking way. He went on uh, Stephen Colbert report and, and they did just a, just a funny sketch about, you know, his gaffes, and Biden mistakenly called Colbert, Jimmy Kimmel. And, and, you know, he's kind of, kind of owns that, but I think it, it does get ugly at sometimes as well. And I want to play, uh, a clip here from a Fox news sketch with, has a different, much different sort of, uh, uh, Tone to, to, to their attacks. Let's, let's listen here. But it wasn't sleepy Joe Biden's only stumble, not by a long way. My plan makes the limit of copay to be $1,000 because we, we f- further support the uh the 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 ability to buy into the obamacare plan the biopharma is now where things are going to go it's no longer chemicals it's about all these breakthroughs we have with the dealing with the whole excuse me immune system as the right words struggled to make that perilous journey from joe biden's brain to joe biden's mouth so that was uh, steve hilton on the fox news personality making fun of that it, as you would maybe make fun of and, and, and attack any other politician. That's, that's interesting to me though, is that Joe Biden seems to be prone to gas and sometimes it is changing a train of thought or, or something where he seems to forget a word that can, that is attributed to the stutter. But oftentimes he'll say things that are just uncouth or cringy that, you know, seem to be unrelated to the stutter. So how do, you know, how do observers or voters or analysts uh, sort of weigh these? So in other words, like how how should or how can people sort of draw conclusions about Biden and and do the normal political, you know, response to him, taking into consideration that that stuttering is a part of his life and and it is a a neurological condition? Well, I think, I mean, part of
1: the problem from the Biden perspective is he's not really – and oh, He's not really open about his current stutter, um, and I'm not even sure that he necessarily even believes that he stutters in the same way. There is um, so the, the 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 clip that we played um, was mentioned by the um, Atlantic uh, writer John, um, um, John 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 Hendrickson, um, and s- something else that John Hendrickson talks about is he talks he tries to get Biden to directly acknowledge that he has stuttered in situations like that, which was from the um, second presidential um, debate, and what Biden tells him um, according to the um, according to the article um, is is that he doesn't stutter, and I'm trying to find it right now. Um, here it is he says Biden says. He hasn't felt himself caught in a traditional sutter in several decades. He says, I mean, I can't remember a time where I've ever worried before a crowd of 80,000 or 800 or, or 80 people. And this is the part I felt um, part, part um, uh, particularly Im, Im, important to kind of reading into what Biden was uh, undergoing. He says, I haven't had that feeling of dread um, since, I guess, speech class in, 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 in college. And what I think Hendrickson is trying to get Biden to acknowledge is that there's sort of a few things going on. I I totally believe that Biden himself has not had that feeling of dread, um, which every stutterer is very familiar with. Um, And I haven't had that feeling of dread in a little while as a stutterer who um, speaks in public a lot um, about had that feeling of dread about stuttering. Um, but that doesn't make the stutter go away. Like, you can still stutter, and plenty of stutters do so, without that dread and anxiety um, that that Joe Biden has associated clearly with, with his stutter as a, a, a young man. Um, but what I've tried to do is rather than make kind of going, I mean, to... to get back to answering your actual question rather than try to make somebody guess whether what i'm doing is just sort of not remembering the word i was trying to say or some other sort of natural disfluency or gaff type thing that anybody would do as they speak mm-hmm. um is to is to kind of directly stutter rather than try to avoid it or word substitute Mm -hmm. or do something um, that I know will kind of hide the stutter and sort of camouflage it um, to just kind of kind of openly stutter on it to make it mm-hmm. unusual, to make it something that's different than what a normal, quote-unquote, normal person right. would do when they speak.
0: Right, because that's one of the techniques, right? It's like you're, you're coming up to a word where you know you stumble on or you start to stumble on, and one technique maybe is just changing, mm-hmm. changing the sentence, and then... Replacing it with a phrase or or a sentence where you you don't think you will yeah. get caught up on there sure and that's, and that's happened a few times like people made fun of Biden for forgetting Obama's name yeah and I if, if I, you,
1: I watched that clip and, and it, was, if, it was clearly word you clearly got a block on a oh,
0: Obama right um, he which switched to say my he he started to say Obama that he switched and he said. My boss.
1: Correct. And, and that, 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 that type of sound, I've noticed him stutter a few other places. In the clip with Steve Hinton, mm-hmm. he stuttered on two words with that sort of soft vowel beginning sound. Um, and that's that happens to be my most difficult sound uh-huh. to make too, so I will often stutter on that. So in the, in the clip where um, Biden starts talking about President mm-hmm. My Boss, Uh which is which is what he says in the clip he has a choice there yeah um and the choice as somebody who is cognitively or sort of is in the moment aware that they're stuttering you have the choice you can either block and then stutter on obama Mm -hmm. until obama comes out um or you can do what he did in the moment and word substitute and kind of get out of that um i think what what Hendrickson, what I think Hen- Hendrickson was trying to do, and what my advice for for Biden would would be, in the way that I've tried to do it in my own um, 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 profession, as, as I'm involved in public speaking situations, and, um, and I'm not perfect at this by any mo- by by any stretch, but to when you get to a stutter like that, kind of just own it. Um, if if Biden in that moment had had a stutter on Obama and had eventually said it. Um, would that type of clip pop up on the Daily Caller or Fox News or something like that, and be uh, uh, and and be pointed to as evidence that he's not cognitively ready for the job? Um, I don't know. Um, I mean, um, H- Hendrickson sort of directly asked. Biden that at the end, uh, and sort of writes about that at the end of the at Atlantic um, piece. Um, and the way that Biden answered that, I think, is pretty telling. Um, he's asked if if stuttering Joe is next, if that's going to be the next uh. Trumpian um, nickname for it. And Biden said, I don't think so. He said, because if you ask the polls, does Biden stuttered, has he ever stuttered, um, you'd have 80 to 90 <clears 90%> percent <throat> of people say no. Mm-hmm. Um so I mean, Biden is sort of knowingly putting the public into that situation that you're talking about, where if if there's a a disfluency in the speech or sort of a disfluency in his in what he's saying, um, not really knowing whether that's a stutter or whether that's just sort of his cognitive. Right. Whether that's a gaffe or whether he's just misremembering something,
0: right? In terms of just pure politics, do you think, as a as a campaign campaign strategist trying to win the the deb nomination and the uh, and the general, would you recommend them being more like owning it, just from a political standpoint, regardless of maybe the the benefit to the stuttering community or the. Um,
1: yeah, that, I mean, there's, there's two different questions, right? There's the benefit towards the stuttering community. Obviously, the stuttering community would love him to be open and out with it and, and a, address it directly um, and kind of be more willing to stutter when he gets into blocks like that. Um, I, I, from a campaign standpoint, I don't know. I mean, he's, um, he's lived as a public figure um, without publicly stuttering for 40-plus years. Um, he, the, the stuttering that he does now is very, very minimal. Um, and he is very well practiced at sort of camouflaging what the stuttering that does come out into, into pretty fluent speech. So, but in my experience as a trial lawyer, I think that it's helped me more Mm -hmm. than it's hurt me. And I think it, it, it was, it was, a very fear, I mean, it was, it was a very kind of scary thing to do initially, as you always have those, those worries, and Biden talks about having some of those worries when he was younger, that people will think that you're stupid, or um, that you're not competent, or if you're a lawyer and you're representing somebody in court, or if you're a, a um, United States president representing your, representing your country to yeah. other world leaders and things like that. If stuttering will make you less capable of doing that, right? Um, and I, th- in my experience, I think the opposite has been true. I think that in in a jury trial or courtroom situation with um, 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 judges, that being able to express something that's deeply personal, um, potentially very shameful, and something that's sort of a could be a hidden kind of sensitive personal area of myself um, has really helped me connect with other people um, and has sort of made me stand out a little bit right. maybe from other lawyers um, and has, all, has overall been a very, very positive benefit for my legal career. I suspect that the if Biden, if what all of the stuttering community people are noticing in his speech is indeed true stuttering disfluencies Um, and he starts becoming more open about that including in the moment as it's happening Um, i i do think that would probably benefit his candidacy and his campaign Overall,
0: and it, it can kind of be seen, I think, as as him being more open with it, even even agreeing to sit down mm-hmm. with, that, with that writer for the Atlantic interview, um, even though he didn't fully own that he is a stutter right now. He did own that stuttering is as, as a part of his life. He talked about it openly. Mm-hmm. I think that helps to combat sort of like the over sort of observation of him in the debates is like he kind of struggles is he like getting old is he is he kind of like not all there but you know he, I think that the Atlantic article caused a lot of people to see that in a different light and he, even after the debate you know he talked about in the debate that was a decision he didn't have to bring up stuttering yeah no he the yeah in, the, in
1: in some of the uh, <clears throat> uh, the um at, at 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 Atlantic folks were um um caught that and were and were and were and we're tweeting about mm. it. Uh, um, afterwards, and I think something really interesting happened on Twitter also afterwards, which kind of sheds some light potentially on the, the question of whether it would be a political benefit or not for Joe Biden to talk about this more, um, more openly. Um, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, uh, mm. former press secretary for Donald Trump, uh, tweeted within moments of of the debate moment, "I I I I I have absolutely no idea what Biden is what Biden is talking about." Um, And Joe Biden's account, who knows whether it's Joe Biden himself or not, um, replied to that, saying, I've worked my whole life to overcome a stutter, and it's my great honor to mentor kids who have experienced the same. It's called empathy. Look it up. Mm -hmm. And Sarah Huckabee Sanders um, was immediately criticized for this on, 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 on Twitter within seconds of her posting it. Um, within a few minutes, sort of posted a kind of a mealy mouth thing saying, well, she wasn't trying to talk about speech impediments. She was just trying to say that Biden couldn't talk, which mm-hmm. didn't really make any sense. And then a few minutes after that, she, she tweeted um, a pretty genuine uh, apology, um, saying, I didn't know that about you. That's very commendable. I apologize. I should make my point a, um, um, in, a, in a different way. Um, I mean, you can argue about whether that was genuine or not on, <laughs> on the part of um, uh, Sarah H- um, Huckabee Sanders, but from a, from a public point of view, from a kind of a campaign point of view, I think that being genuine and open right. about a vulnerability um, does kind of cut the knees off a right. lot of the more uh, negative, right. personal, snipey attacks by the Trump camp.
0: Right, right. I think it's a good point. So last question here. You're a registered Democrat. Yes, and, I am. And uh, just from our conversations, you seem to be a little bit more to the left than Joe Biden. <laughs> uh, but uh, Biden's been pretty, pretty steady atop at the polls. Uh, what's your sense of just his seeming permanence on, on top of the polls? And uh, you know, what, what explains that? Do you think to sign that he's going to run away with the with the Democratic nomination.
1: I mean, he had a very good debate. Um, where most of the public uh, figures that are and writers and things that talked about it felt he was very solid, um, and his poll numbers have been very very solid too. So I, uh, I'm not sure I would vote for Joe Biden <laughs> in a uh, Democratic primary if it's still live by the the time it comes to me. Um, but i if i had to predict right now i'm i'm not i think he will have a very sh- solid showing um in um in uh, in 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 uh, Iowa and he has very very large leads in some of the other early states so i i my my guess is that he would be wrapping it up pretty early
0: well john thank you so much for for sharing with us uh, i appreciate uh just hearing you uh, talk about your uh, your personal issues and very sharp perspective and analysis of of something where um, I think all of our listeners benefit from getting your insights. So thank you.
1: It was great to be here. Great to talk about it. And
0: we'll see. Ya, we'll see you next year for another Christmas edition uh, <laughs> from our senior legal correspondent. <laughs> Thanks everyone for listening to the Political Notebook podcast. You can subscribe to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, or Anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thanks.